Texas hunter here. Been hunting for a few years so I've seen my fair share of weird shit. Mutilated rabbits killed by coyotes among other things. Bobcat screams are also pretty freaky. But one day while walking on my property through the woods I heard some branches quietly break about 30 yards ahead. Nothing too weird about that as rabbits and coyotes bump into them all the time. It happened again but this time a little closed into my right side. I unholstered my .45 XDS, I like the compact version because it feels better ready to shoot a hungry coyote. The day before my neighbor told me how a few women in Little Elm got mauled by some pissed off coyotes a few days earlier. So I was ready to shoot. Anyways, I shined my flashlight through the trees and didn't see anything. Kept walking but a little faster and I heard a high scream with low undertones. Didn't sound like nothing I've ever heard before I swear it sounded like a bobcat batman. Took off sprinting back to my house a mile or so away. I'm near the woods tree line and look back to see a hunched shadow 40 yards behind starring at me. Like a person trying to walk on all fours. It was dark so it might have been my imagination. Nope the f out and got to my house. Never seen it since and didn't sleep for a few nights. At the time I wasn't hunting, I like to go for nighttime walks to clear my head but I never go without my gun. Stay safe, and be careful because I don't know what it was. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was hunting down in Stephenville, Texas during whitetail season. I was up in a tripod overlooking a pasture. Behind me about 50 yards away was a dry riverbed but you couldn't see it because a dense screen of trees grew along both sides of the riverbed, but you could hike to it and there was another spot I would sometimes hunt on the other side. It was getting late, but there was still a decent amount of light. I had seen absolutely nothing that day, not even critters. So I'm sitting up in my tripod just watching when all of a sudden from behind me in or around the riverbed I hear the most ungodly shriek slash howl slash roar that made my hair stand on end and I dom well near peed my pants. It continued for about 3 minutes until it suddenly stopped and that's about when I decided to call it a night. Ran the whole way back to my vehicle. I didn't see it, and I to this day I still wonder what it was. Didn't sound like a bobcat or coyote and Stephenville isn't exactly known for its big cats or any cryptids. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, 
so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Maybe some of you hunters out there have experienced something similar. I was hunting in Gatesville South on US 281 of Stephenville when I climbed a hill and noticed something at the edge of my high beams crossing the road. It appeared to be a large man possibly a hitchhiker but as I got closer it turned towards me continuing to walk in the bar ditch. This thing was approximately 8 feet tall and covered in long hair. It appeared to have long hippie-like hair and somewhat of a beard. From what I could see this thing was very big as all I could see was from the thigh up and it still towered over the top of my truck. As I got closer the one thing that really got my attention was the eyes. They appeared a yellowish green and only slightly shined. The nose wasn't like a pig's nose but more human with flared nostrils and the face seemed very human-like in its expression. It had a very large upper body and chest. It appeared to have no neck as the deltoid muscles kinda flowed into the head. As I passed I checked my rear view and could see it turn into the brush. I checked my brakes and started to turn around but then thought what am I doing? Thinking my eyes in the early hour of the morning were playing tricks on me and continued on to Gatesville. The rest of the way to Gatesville I kept trying to figure out what I had seen. Was it a man, hitchhiker, transient, or animal? I tried to put it out of my mind but could quite not let it go. I told my wife only after three or four years had passed and I got that look so I never told anyone else until I found this website and found how many other people have had similar experiences. Not me, but my brother-in-law. He was hunting in the hill country outside of Austin as a teen. He was watching an area for deer. There was a clearing with some rocks and it was early morning so it was pretty dark. He could mostly see silhouettes. At some point, one of the rocks stood upright and walked away. Turns out that one wasn't a rock. He to this day believes it was a Sasquatch. He said it made him absolutely shit his pants. 
He also acknowledged it could have been some crazy homeless guy living in the woods given that Austin wasn't that far away. Some years back I was out deer hunting in southern Illinois. As usual, I was up and in the field by 3.30 am. I had scoped out my spot the day before and taped off some trees with fluorescent tape to help guide me through the dark, well that plan didn't work for shit. So here I am, walking around this forest in pitch blackness. I thought for sure I knew where I was going, but I got myself all turned around. I was in my teens at the time, so I slightly began to panic. Thankfully, my pops taught me that if you ever find yourself lost in the darkness of the woods, just pop a squat and stay there until dawn. When dawn broke, I was able to see my deer blind was only 10 or so yards from where I was at. It's not necessarily creepy, but that feeling of being totally lost in unfamiliar woods is extremely nerve-wracking. I live in Michigan and regularly go out trapping or coyote hunting. One day I'm taking a long-time friend hunting for the first time. He lived out of state so he wasn't familiar with the area and its types of PPL and habits so to speak. Anyways, we were walking along and unfortunately the coyote spot I usually used had now been useless after so many uses of traps and shots taken. So we went a bit deeper to look for a better spot. The coyotes had a den in some lowlands and thick brush. I don't usually go out there but I didn't want my friend's first hunt to be a boring one so we pressed on. After a bit of walking my friend noticed a blood trail and I assumed another hunter hit and wounded one. I figured we would track to make sure it didn't suffer so we followed the blood trail. The strange part was we didn't notice any tracks and it was winter so tracks would be easy as day to spot. However, when we reached the source we ended up finding something a lot more gruesome. We came across the dead bodies of a man and woman. The man had a crossbow bolt in his stomach and looked like he had been stabbed. The woman was stabbed much worse and looked like she had been raped. Needless to say we called the police. I've never been back to those woods since and now when I got out I wear body armor underneath my vest and always go with a partner. This story almost belongs on no sleep but I swear it's real. Hunting along a section of the PCT with my aunt and dog after three days we found ourselves at an impassable river crossing with the dog and have to head back. Reluctant to go over the mountain passes we just did, we pulled out our map and find what seems to be an interesting trail through the Ansel Adams wilderness to that will put us back where we started. We go to a resupply point, got some dinner and a shower, and ask if we can get a four-wheeler ride up the road to the trailhead. They say nobody goes up that road and we couldn't get one, but a man on vacation with his family offers to help up out. We drive about two miles up the road and it proves to be so washed out, it becomes impossible to drive further so we then him for his help and continue on foot. We walk another three miles or so to the trailhead and find it completely destroyed by fallen over trees and it looks like no one has been there for decades. Turns out this was an old logging road used in that area before it became a wilderness area 50 or 60 years ago. 
So we start hiking down to the trail another 4 miles until we camp for the night. Along this trail we see nothing but bear tracks and deer tracks, no people tracks, horses, or anything. We even stumble on a bear in the middle of taking a dump on the side of the trail and scare him off. From our camp the road slash trail gets really tough it was about 6 miles of climbing over giant fir trees one after another. We finally reached an opening and followed it for about another mile until amazingly we couldn't believe it but we came up on a two-story building way out there in the middle of nowhere, 15 miles from the nearest people and 50 from any civilization. This place was super eerie. The house was straight out of the Blair Witch, and it must have been there since before it became a wilderness area. This where thing got weird. We found a sign here for our trail that pointed directly into thick brush and bushes. This is when we knew we were a little screwed. We decided that we should just go for it anyway. We were too far to turn back now and luckily we had a GPS to help guide us even without a trail. So we go through the bushes and follow what used to be a trail. We get about another mile or so down the trail before I notice barefoot human prints. Let me remind you that I've been seeing bear prints and cougar prints along this trail the whole time. These were human. I put my size 11 hiking shoe over it and they were the same size and shape and asked my aunt if I was going crazy and she agreed it was human. We walked another 500 yards down the trail with human prints leading us to what looked like either a dump or a homeless camp. There was a tarp strung up, trash bags piled up, and garbage scattered all over next to the creek. Nope. F that. No more investigating this creepy place in the middle of nowhere. We just hiked as fast as we could continuing up the hill and away from that place as possible with the eerie feeling that someone was watching us for miles. We continued the way we did hiking with no trail for another 12 miles until we reached a maintained trail on the other side of the pass along some really pretty areas that probably haven't been seen in years. But seeing a homeless slash Bigfoot camp in the middle of nowhere was not one of them. I was hunting at a popular campground in the mountains with my boyfriend. But it was November and it was their last open weekend, so no one was there. We were chatting and having a good time around the campfire and drinking. My boyfriend had to go pee so he walked to the other side of the road and peed in the bushes. While over there he very slowly and quietly got my attention and pointed out the large glowing eyes staring back at him from the bushes. He still has his dick out while in a stare off with a mountain lion. We very carefully backed up and stayed really close to the fire until we went to bed in the car instead of the tent. We could hear it walking around after we went to bed that night. The worst part was I went to find the pit toilet 15 minutes before this all happened. By myself. I even got slightly lost while trying to find it and was probably being stalked by the cougar. I've been pretty nervous camping ever since. My dad used to take me hunting on public hunting land in the late 80s early 90s and we would always, and I mean always see the same affable elderly gentleman out there. The nicest man. A bird watcher. He would wear head to toe bright orange so no one would mistake him as prey and he stayed on the main roads and rode a bicycle. 
Just a fantastic human who spent hours talking to my dad about wildlife and life in general. All of game wardens in the area knew him and so did most, of not all of the regular hunters. Again, this man never went into the woods, wore bright orange which included a bright orange hat, and rode a bicycle. He practically glowed. One day, this wonderful man was found, on the road, shot meticulously through the head. No one was ever arrested for his death. My father knew that no one could honestly state they thought he was a deer because of his precautions. We knew the poor man had been murdered. We never went hunting anywhere near there ever again. This happened about 15 years ago back in Mexico. Me and my dad along with some friends were out in the woods gathering firewood. A old dirt road used mainly by cattle and ranchers. No other traffic that far out. 10 minutes later this nice new truck with tinted windows coming from the opposite direction stops maybe 25 feet in front of my dad's truck. We could hear somebody crying in the truck, most likely a woman but I'm not sure, but me being like 10 didn't think much of it and continued to grab fallen branches. The truck just stopped but no one got out of the vehicle. My dad told us that it was enough for the day and it was getting dark. All the older guys in the group seemed to know something was up and jumped in the truck in a hurry. I even got my finger smashed on the door because of it. But again I didn't think much of it aside from my finger getting bloodied. I remember my dad driving fast. They talked and murmured but it was grown-ups talk to me and all I could think off was my finger and the pain. When we got back to the town my dad pounded a few beers and they talked. Several years later when I was in my early 20s that memory came back and I connected the dots to what we witnessed. I never felt so much fear in my life before. To this date is the scariest thing that ever happened to me. I don't have the guts to bring it up to my dad. But I'm pretty sure that it was some sort of cartel related deal but for some reason they decided that we didn't see anything. Also, this is because back in the day and in my area you never really heard of crime like that. The only crime was cartel on cartel super secretive crime. So I'm sure that whoever was inside probably had something to do with them, if it was cartel related. But I can only imagine what my dad felt having me and his friends with him there and seeing something that we were not supposed to see. It could have gone terribly wrong for all of us. I've got a few, first one is a bit long but was scary at the time. First, grew up playing in the woods behind our house, cross-country skiing and snowmobiling in the winter, ice skating on the pond. There were no other houses up there, occasionally a snowmobile would pass through, but not often. One summer when I was a bit older, 15 maybe, went up there to ride my friend's dirt bike. There were some jumps up at the top of a cliff that we would take turns hitting. So I'm riding on the back up through the woods and as we are passing the pond there is a tent. I say WTF and tell my friend to stop. I get off to investigate while he stays on the bike but shuts it off. I was approaching the tent from the back and the window was open and I see the tent is full of clothes, food, liquor, beer. 
Of course I'm rattling off all of this to my friend when I happen to look up and see that there is someone sitting in the doorway of the tent with their back to me. They haven't moved and are just facing forward with their back to me which is odd because clearly they heard me. At this point I turn around and start waving to my friend and mouthing, let's get out of here. As if I can somehow sneak away now. Finally the guy says very calmly, come around. I stopped in my tracks and looked back, he's still not facing me and he says it again, come around. At this point my friend is starting the dirt bike and he yells, what did you say? The response again is just, come around. I jump on the back of the bike and we tear out of there up to the top of the cliff. There is a dirt access road up to the top as there is a water tower up there but it's a pretty rough road so we assume this dude isn't gonna drive up there. We stop the bike and head over to the edge of the cliff to see if this guy is following us. Sure enough he comes walking out of the woods from the same trail we came out on. He then proceeds to walk over towards some bushes and starts pulling branches down to reveal a gray truck that he had hidden. After uncovering the truck he opens a box in the back and pulls out a rifle or a shotgun then walks around and gets in the driver's side and starts hauling ass up the road. We take off running, I just run into the woods, my friend is screaming at me to get on the bike but I tell him to just go and I keep running off into the woods. The truck comes to the top and stops by the water tower. I'm a good distance into the woods but I can see the wheels of the truck and I hear the guy get out and start walking around. At this point I'm scared shitless but just trying not to make any noise. It seems like forever but he finally gets in his truck and drives off. So I start running through the woods again, away from the way we came. I eventually come out to a big field. There is a house at the other end of the field and I know the people who live there. I really don't want to go back through the woods to get home so I figure maybe they can give me a ride. So I'm walking through the field and I see a gray truck driving up the road at the other side of the field. There are round hay bales scattered around the field so I duck behind one of those and peer out to see the truck is stopped, just sitting there. Now what? So I make my way back towards the woods keeping the hay bale between me and the truck. Eventually he just drives off. I eventually make it to the house at the edge of the field, tell them what happened, of course they will give me a ride and they are calling the police. Police go up and check it out. The tent is there but no one is there. They tell my parents that they don't know who it was but that someone had skipped out at the local halfway house and they hadn't seen him in about a week, he drives a gray truck. A week or so later my friend comes by on his dirt bike and says there are a bunch of state cops up by the pond, so we ride over there to see what's up. The tent has been burned and a bunch of other stuff was still smoldering, never found out if they ever found the guy or not. Second, rabbit hunting at a fairly young age. We would take our beagle out to a farmer's land on Saturday mornings. Usually we would split up and just walk along somewhat shadowing the dog on either side. Sometimes we would kick up a rabbit and call the dog over, or she would find one herself. So on days with not many rabbits we would end up walking a couple of miles in before turning around. On one such day I stumbled on a clearing with a pile of hair at the edge. At first I thought it must be some animal fur but then I realized it was spread all around the edge of the clearing and scattered around in the clearing as well and also appeared to be human hair.
Having no clue what I had found other than a shit ton of human hair a couple of miles into the woods it was pretty creepy. Turned out I had stumbled on someone's harvested marijuana crop. The hair is used to keep animals away. So. Ended up not so creepy. Third, home for summers during college friends and I would often grab a couple of 12 packs and drive off into the woods somewhere and have a little fire. Nothing crazy, just a few beers and shooting the shit. Our normal spot had gotten blown up, someone had blocked off the road so we decided to go off in the woods on my friend's farm. There was no road so we are just walking through the woods in the dark looking for a good spot when we hear coy dogs howling in the distance. Then we hear coy dogs howling from behind us. Eventually they are howling all around us and clearly getting closer. We noped the F out and ran back to the car. Fourth, visiting a friend in California, my last night there and we're talking about how I hadn't seen any redwoods, so we hop in the car at 11 o'clock at night and head off to some forest trail that he knows. We get there and there is a gate, with a sign on it which we don't read. He's carrying his toy poodle. We walk a little ways but the trees aren't that big, he says they get bigger further in and sparks up a joint and we keep walking. Maybe a half mile and we hear the loudest scream I have ever heard. We stop and looked at each other and my friend says, I think someone just got murdered. We stood there for a few minutes to see if we heard anything else and then we heard it again, it seemed to be closer but it was tough to tell as it was echoing. Still no clue what it is but we decide we should probably get out of there. Didn't really think much of it afterwards until I read an article about a mountain lion stalking someone and there was audio of the sound mountain lions make. I send the link to my friend saying I think we are lucky to be alive. He laughs and says, you know I was up that way recently and noticed that the sign on the gate is a warning for mountain lions in the area. When I was a kid, I loved being outdoors and would take every possible opportunity to run amok in the woods with my best friend. When we were younger, 11 to 12, we stayed closer to the house in the outskirts and climbed the trees. As we got older, 13 to 15, we would venture deep, walking and swimming in the rivers, and building little forts. When I was 16 the forest was roped off and closed off to the public, as a company had began illegally dumping lead, or mercury, into the woods, but that's another story. It was the middle of a hot summer, and I was about 15 at the time. Dusk was approaching and my friend had to go home for dinner, but I wasn't quite ready to leave. We parted ways, and I climbed up a tree near my favorite spot over the river. Now, these woods backed up to a local gun club, so it wasn't uncommon to hear shooting. However, this gun club was contained in its own private property and the members never ventured out into the forest. I sat in my tree for a little bit and ate the blackberries I'd picked earlier while watching it get darker, when I suddenly spotted movement out of the corner of my eye. At first I assumed it was a younger deer because it was larger but not huge, but I quickly realized it was a man. He seemed to be in his late 30s or early 40s, and he wore a black t-shirt and camo pants with creepy, wiry facial hair. He was skulking, like he didn't want to be seen. I thought this was odd, but had no intention of making my presence known since something felt wrong, 
and being a 15-year-old girl alone in the woods I knew I was at a disadvantage. I slowed my breath down and watched. At first he didn't say anything as he walked around the base of the trees. It was around that time that I realized he had a gun slung over his back. Once he got near the river where my friend and I had been loudly goofing off maybe 10 minutes earlier, he started calling out hey. Anyone here? H help? While grabbing his rifle. When there was no response and no noise, he gave up after a few minutes and began walking downstream. I waited until it was pitch black before sliding out of that tree as quietly as I could, running home, and having my parents call the cops. They never found anything. I could never bring myself to go back. My girlfriend's dad told us he was out moose hunting when they came across three guys from out of state looking to party before a wedding, get drunk and have a good old time. They were loud as F for the next two nights to the point the dad's group went and checked it out. The groom had been tied up and was beaten because he cheated on his bride with one of his friend's sows. After he was rescued, he told them they held a gun to his head and he was most likely going to be murdered in rural Alaska. I was hunting down a trail to my stand one day, really dense scrub brush on both sides. On this particular day, I left my rifle mag at camp so I had one in the chamber and the rest in my pack. As I'm walking I start hearing movement off to my right. Then to my left. First one, then two, then what sounded like six. I caught a glimpse of fur here and there but had no clue what it was. I slowly stopped and realized that I had been surrounded. Right at that moment a coyote stepped out into the road and our eyes met. I figured it was probably best if I started the conversation so I shouldered the rifle and leveled it on the coyote, hoping that one shot would scare them all. I think it was surprised by what it saw because the coyote let out a yip and turned tail and they all scattered. I was happy to not have to shoot it. I now carry my pistol with me too. When I was a teenager I went for cross-country hunting nearby to our home. There is a roughly 2 kilometers, 1,5 miles, loop of a forest path in the forest. It is ride-able if a bit difficult at some points. After just riding couple of minutes on a narrow forest path I see a figure walking ahead of me. It looks like a hooded elderly lady walking really slowly. I cannot see her face or anything just a dark hood covering her. I recall she being very tall, but I was also just 13 years old, so she could have been normal size. I drove just behind her, but the path is too narrow to overtake her from any of her sides. Also I get this heavy feeling on my chest telling me not to try to overtake her. I can't explain it but something just felt very off when I got closer to her. I stop my bike and get off and watch her walk ahead of me. I then think that this is silly and she must be startled if she turns around and sees me there. So I think to act cool and turn down to pick up a blueberry. I pick it up, raise my head back to the road ahead of me and there is nothing. I can see the path ahead maybe 50 meters and it's just impossible that she would have never done that distance within those 5 seconds I wasn't watching. 
I then try to reason this with and think that she must have jumped off road, since there is extremely thick bushes and I cannot see there. I felt a bit uneasy about this but decide to continue. I ride my bike about 500 meters more and there is a cliff where I can see down the road ahead another 500 meters. And there she is, I can see her walking there again really slowly. Again, tall figure covered in a dark hood, I cannot see her face or anything but the hood she is wearing. And she is walking slowly on the road. I really couldn't figure out how she made it there in such a short time, since even I couldn't do the distance in that time even with my bike. I am extremely alarmed at this point but decide to continue. I drive the hill down into the spot where I saw her before. Again there is nothing. At this part of the forest it is more open and I can see quite far in any direction. Yet she is nowhere to be seen and yet there she was just 30 seconds before. I continue my trip and finally finish my first loop of the trail and decide to go yet another round. After going for a couple of minutes there she is, exactly the same spot I saw her at the first time, again tall dark hooded. Walking slowly. I got totally freaked out after this, I rode off the woods as fast as I could and in a total panic ride to my friend's home, which was further away from the woods than my own home. Until today I have no idea what I saw and it gives me the chills when I remember her figure. Hare hunting with my dad's family in Macedonia, in some hills. We found a pair of relatively fresh tracks. We're getting closer to them when we start hearing crashes from what sounded like two massive animals. The hare tracks led into a clearing and we reached a bush to peek out. No shit, there were two wolves having a go at a bear. One of them got swiped and its left side torn open. The other nipped the bear on the front right paw and left. The other wolf died soon and the bear left. Once we were sure it was gone, my uncle put the wolf down and its head still hangs in his house to this day. Also, we shed ourselves and no hares were hunted that day. I used to live across the street from the forest preserve by O'Hare in Chicago. I was probably 12 when this happened, and I think it was probably 2 to 3 AM. My dad and I were watching TV in the living room, which had a view of the forest past our balcony. As we're watching, we see two gentlemen get out of a black SUV with three women in dresses, and head across the road into the forest. 15 to 20 minutes pass and we hear multiple loud blasts from the forest. 30 minutes after that, the same two guys and a third guy come walking out of the forest. They get in their truck and leave. Obviously, my dad and I are spooked. We call the cops who come, shine their lights barely into the woods, and leave. Next day, we're curious. We go walking, and find a couple bloody shirts and clothing tatters with holes torn through them in the middle of the woods. More walking, and we find some fresh dirt and some shovels. We tried to use one of the shovels to see if we could dig anything up, but the handle broke. We left after that, saying we'd be back with better shovels but by the time we came back, the old shovels were removed and we couldn't find the exact spot again. Still curious what happened, though I think I know.
I live in North Texas near a large wildlife refuge and a lake bigger than my hometown. One night I had a fantastic idea to go down the long gravel road to the dock with a female friend of mine. I'm from Texas, so I usually carry, but opted to leave my gun locked in the glove box by the gate. About 30 yards into the trek, the road was about 200 yards to the dock, I hear an unnerving noise on my left. It was as if the earth itself growled and rumbled at me. I looked around frantically, trying to pinpoint the sound. Nothing. We stood still, waiting for it to resume. Instead we hear just heavy footsteps, not crashing or rustling like a bear or a pig does, but heavy pacing. I turn to my friend and ask if she wants to go back. She didn't know, but wanted to get out of there. So we keep on our journey to the dock with the unnatural growling slash rumbling following us, coupled with the heavy paces. I'm terrified by this point, instinctively reaching for my right hip to find a blank space where a holster should be. I had left my pistol locked in the glove box. I grab my pocket knife, and palm it aggressively. The rumbling continues, almost impacting the air with its weight. We hasten our pace and it matches ours, but never coming out of the woods to show itself. This continues for about 300 yards. The entire time I am absolutely terrified. I've been hunting and camping since I was six and I've never heard a sound like this one or even had an experience similar. Finally, arriving to the dock, she sprints out to the edge and I grab a handful of rocks and go sit beside her. For the next 15 minutes it circles the area around the dock landing, emanating the rumbles and growls. Nothing we can do, it's dark, I have no firearm and we can't see it. I call my buddy Dennis who lives 5 minutes away. The rumbling and pacing continues, roughly 30 to 40 yards away from us but it doesn't step foot on the dock. Finally I see headlights come up over the trees and the rumbling fades into darkness. Dennis comes walking down, cradling a rifle, and that was the end of that. Really freaked me out for a couple of months. I'm a believer in cryptozoology now. I don't know if Bigfoot exists but something does that may be similar, especially considering most cultures have their monster. Where my mom's house is, there is a river that runs behind it with nothing but forest surrounding it. Some truly creepy shit has happened to us and some friends more than once down there at the river. First story, me, my boyfriend, and a couple of friends were camping out on the river's sandbar. I had my dog with me, her name is Anna. We were having a bonfire and setting up the tents. Before everyone showed up. Then Tim, my boyfriend, Robert, his friend, went into the woods to look for more firewood so I could watch the fire and keep it going until they came back. This left me and Anna by the fire by ourselves. Anna is very protective and I felt safe with her, after they went into the woods, I immediately felt someone, or something staring at me from across the river. This river was not very wide, but there was very thick forest on the other side that abruptly stopped right at the river's edge. Anna senses it too, and got up from where she was laying it by the fire, walked down to the river enough that all four of her paws were in the water, all the hairs on her back standing straight up, and she's staring and pointing with one paw up at the ray's edge across the river. 
I follow her and stand directly behind her, and also stare across the river. I suddenly hear whatever it is move. So does Anna. And it's not just regular human footsteps I'm hearing. It's moving trees. It sounded as if it was moving trees and branches out of the way to walk. Anna is following it, moving where it moves, but staying on our side of the river and she's deeply growling. It's like time was frozen. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak. I couldn't see it because the fire was way up on the riverbank and Anna and I were on the river's ledge with our feet in the water. Both of us are just staring into the woods across the river. Anna finally stopped moving and now is closer and her legs are in the water now, and she's steadily growling. I'm behind her with my feet up to mid-shin in the water. I finally snap out of it and run back up by the fire and call for Tim and Robert. Anna stayed where she was. Still growling. They hear me and come back with firewood. Tim says what's wrong? I said you didn't hear that? Robert said hear what? I said there's something across the river and it doesn't sound human, Anna won't stop growling at it. So the two guys walk to the river's edge, and Robert grabs the pellet gun he brought with him. Tim walks up to Anna, and says what is a girl, what do you see? And she's not breaking her stare just constantly growling. All of a sudden, Robert and Tim hear it shift, as do I and Anna shifts with it to the left. Well when it shifts, Robert aims the pellet gun where he heard the shift and fires a pellet into the woods. No sooner than we heard the pellet hit something, we all heard a low, guttural, deep growl for like a second. Once Anna heard the growl, she backed up and got close to Tim and whines a little bit. Then nothing. It's as if it just disappeared. I said screw that, and walked my ass back up to my mom's house. And we cancelled the camping for the night. Second story, we are halfway down the trail that leads to this river. With Robert, and a few other friends. My moms didn't like a lot of people over at her house, we are just hanging out talking and bullshitting around and all of the sudden, out of nowhere, it sounded as if a horse neighed. But more like a laugh. And everyone in our small group heard it. So we noped out of there and go back to my moms, and are in my mom's yard. And we all hear it again clear as day, a horse neighing laugh. At the very beginning of the trail. The beginning of the trail is adjacent to my mom's yard, it gave us all chills and we couldn't logically explain it. No one in the neighborhood owns horses, nor has there ever been any in that neighborhood. Third story, again we, Tim and our friends, were in the trail of the river, this time we were walking down to the river. It was midsummer and a lot of people were down there. We were looking forward to swimming and having a fun time. We get halfway down the trail, and we all see a solid black wolf sitting in the middle of the trail near the end of it, facing us. I remember it clearly. It has yellow eyes, and grey around its snout, like it was older. This was at 12pm to 12.30pm on a bright, sunny day and people were in the water, you could hear them laughing and splashing. We all stop in our tracks and stare at it. About five people just staring in silence at this black wolf scared to move or make any noise. It stares at us back. And I shit you not, it grinned at us. Not a typical dog grin where they pant and have their mouth open. No, this was more like a sinister, 
mischievous grin with sharp teeth and bright yellow eyes. It made my stomach turn. We were about 50 feet from it, and after about 5 minutes it stopped grinning, and it simply, got up on its hind legs, and walked away as if it was a human. We all just looked at each other, asking if we all saw it, and everyone saw the exact same thing. I believe we came across a skinwalker that day. I didn't tell my friends that's what it was, but I knew that's what it was. We said screw swimming that day and left. That was the last time we ever went to that river again. One on my first solo camping trip when I was around 21 years old. Took my miniature dachshund with me. Stayed in a remote campground where there was hardly anyone around. In the middle of the night, I was woken up several times by the sound of chanting, yelling and singing from across the river, not in the campground itself but within hearing distance. Freaked out, I snuggled up to my dog and finally fell asleep with her on my chest. In the middle of the night I woke up with a jolt a chill going through my body, opened my eyes, tipped my head back and looked through the tiny square vent in the tent directly behind my head. An older man's face was looking in at me through the tent window, a man with long black hair and big black eyes. I was so terrified I couldn't move. I couldn't even make a sound. I certainly tried. At some point my dog, a miniature dachshund sensed my tension and woke up too. She was still sleeping smack dab in the center of my chest. She looked out the window directly at whatever it was that was behind me and let out a single, sharp, growling bark. The moment she barked, my body relaxed and I was able to move again, and I realized I may have been asleep and experiencing sleep paralysis the whole time. There was nobody behind the tent anymore. It's very possible it was all a very realistic, freaky dream. I was 12. Me and my father scouted the area several times. I had on first-generation electric socks and insulated coveralls. It was 4 in the morning on a heavily traveled deer path and we both found great spots in the heavy snow, downwind of the path and concealed. I fell, back, asleep, my sock batteries died and my sweaty feet froze to my boots and my ass froze to the ground because I had a hot ass and it melted the snow which then refroze. A sound behind me woke me up and I turned around. A large doe's butt was about two feet from my face and I reacted by yelling shit because I was an ill-behaved, and heavily armed, child. All I saw after that was a white tail popping up in my face and some pains to my torso. As you can tell, I'm still traumatized 50 years later. I don't deer hunt anymore. Whoa, finally got that off my chest. I was deer hunting on some private land. In back of me was another hunter who had built himself a blind out of straw bales on a slight hill. It was early in the morning when I saw a reddish dog loping at the other end of the field going across our field of view. The stupid idiot started firing his gun at the dog thinking it was a deer. Unfortunately he was also firing over my head, I could hear the snap of the 30.06 bullets over my head. 
It was obvious he couldn't hit the ground with his hat so I carefully moved away from the line of fire. Later that morning crouched in a low dip some other idiot started firing his gun at something, the bullets rattling the leaves above my head. I was all done after that. Gave my guns to my son and never set a foot in the woods again during deer season. My brother and I were camping outside of Wasp, Tennessee at the foothills of the Appalachians. Me, him and two dogs were sitting around a fire at around 2 a.m. A rock the size of a basketball came hurling off the top of the rock face that was about 50 foot up in an arch that landed just short of our fire. We thought maybe it had just rolled from higher up and got some speed but then we heard growling. Not like a mountain lion or a bear, much deeper. Our dogs who were very quiet hunting dogs began growling with their legs between their tails. We noped right into the tent and got our rifles, like something that can hurl a friggin rock like cares about bullets. Another time my uncle and I were hunting South Alabama in a giant old pine tree orchard. We stumbled upon around 15 deer carcasses up in the top of the trees, we summed it up to poachers and went on our way. Once we were in the deer stand we heard screaming like a woman but so guttural it made my skin crawl, and for the first time in my life I saw fear in that man's eyes. He looked me in my face said f this bs and started gathering our gear. Later on one of his good friends, full Native American, explained that the sound was a wendigo. I don't know if he was screwing with us or not but I've never heard a sound like that before. Took me a couple years to go in the woods before or after daylight again. Not hunting but a wood story that changed my view of the world as a teenager. Up the street from my childhood house was a couple trails. I had a four-wheeler and would ride the trails all day. One day I'm riding and I get this random horrible feeling so I stop and get off of the ATV and start walking up the trail. Well some asshole put a piece of fishing line across the trail that would have easily took my head off. I'm guessing the pit feeling in my chest was being watched or I subconsciously noticed the fishing line. I have no idea why I stopped that day and it's baffled me ever since but it honestly changed my life forever. Labor Day of 2015, my mother, my wife and three children, and I went to a very remote cabin that we rented out. It was an old fire watchman station or something of the sort, so it had the cabin and three other sheds slash shops. I'll try to keep it short now, but this is a bizarre story. We unpacked, settled into the cabin and then decided to walk a couple hundred yards down to the river, barefoot and sandals with shorts for all of us. We got down to the pebbled shore and were playing slash throwing rocks, etc. when I realized there were about one foot snakes everywhere. My wife, mom, and I yanked up the three kids and boogied off, after reaching a safe distance from them, I went back with a water bottle and caught one in it to see what it was. Turns out we were in a nest of diamondback rattlesnakes. If one of those things latched onto one of my kids, they surely would have died. We were about three hours away from any medical facility. We got back to the cabin and my mom and I went for a hike slash walk alone while my wife calmed the kiddos and fed them lunch. 
Upon returning about 15 minutes later, all three of my kids and my wife were inside with the doors and windows all closed up, even though we had everything open to cool the place off. We went inside to hear all four of them start yelling about a bear that was about 150 yards from the cabin, huffing and puffing at the wife and kids on the front porch, eating. It was down by the river, another 30 TRDS or so down the hill that he poked his head up and over from. A few hours go by and in that time, an ATV passed by three times, with two inbred looking freaks on it, and each time they stopped in front of the gate onto the property and stared at us with a cabin. Keep in mind, we're two hours into the wilderness in Idaho with no sight of a person the whole entire trip, except them. We decide it's bedtime for the kiddos, as it's pitch black out. Within 10 minutes, our son, five at the time, went from being perfectly fine slash active slash talkative, to having a fever of 103 degrees Fahrenheit, slightly foaming at the mouth and being completely unresponsive. That was it, we were leaving immediately and going to seek medical attention. I opened the front door of the cabin to start loading the two cars, by the light of one porch bulb and the headlights on the cars, which were both parked facing the gate, and that's when we all three, adults, heard about four to six large and heavy animals running all around the cabin and property. There was one on the right side of the house, when exiting, that I could hear pacing back and forth and breathing heavy. I made everyone stay inside and close the door every time I went outside to transfer stuff to the cars, about four to five trips. I had a stick and a big pot that I was smacking as hard and loud as I could each trip and was yelling loudly at random. As soon as I'm all done loading, I take each kid out individually and load them up between the two cars, the escort my mom out, then wife out. My wife and I were in the lead car. So we pulled up out of the gate and for some stupid MF reason or another, I felt that I needed to close the gate. So I got out of my vehicle and walked behind it in my mom's car by about 15 feet, and closed the gate. Now, this gate was literally a log that slide from one post to the other. It offered zero protection slash barrier between me and the animals out there. Right as I went to turn around, I heard loud padded footsteps walking up to me, directly in front of me no more than 10 feet, then I see eyes shimmering from the moonlight as the deepest, scariest growl I have ever heard in my life. I turn and ran so fast that I swear, I must have jumped from where I was to the driver's seat up my car some 30 feet behind me and as I landed in my seat, I slammed it into drive and spun out, finally leaving. It gets weirder slash scarier though. About 15 minutes down the road, we were still panicking about our unresponsive son, and we both kept having this horrible, evil doom feeling fast a shadow over us. I looked down and realized I still had that baby rattlesnake in the water bottle in my cup holder so I grabbed it and threw it out the window immediately. Not even two minutes later we hear our son softly crying. We realize he's responsive and he stated something along the lines of, why are we leaving? What's going on? He was crying because he was sad to leave. He couldn't remember the last hour or so whatsoever. Quick backstory for what's next, my mother was about 58 years old at the time. She's been a Jehovah's Witness my whole life, plus many more years beforehand, and she is the last person in the world to believe in signs, evil spirits, omens, 
etc. The next day, my mom broke down extremely bad, sobbing her eyes out, hardly able to talk. She confessed to my wife that the night before we left, she had a nightmare in which we went on the camping trip, we came across snakes, a bear, and a pack of wolves. She said she knew a lot of bad things happened at that outpost and it was full of evil. Most of all, she said one of your kids died. I swear on my life, to this very day, if I ask her who died and how it happened, she immediately starts crying and refuses to tell me or anyone. She lives her life now with a guilt that she willingly ignored her nightmare and put us in the situation, nearly taking one of her dear grandkids away from this world. She doesn't deserve to feel that. I know this sounds all crazy AF but a week later, on the local news, were reports of a wolf pack in that area. Wolves and bears may not coexist in harmony, but as far as I know, they do share territories and respect each other. This outpost station of sorts was about 1.5 hours into the wilderness from Loman Banks, Idaho if you want to verify the animals actually exist around there. Sadly, I grew up in the mountains for the most of my pre-slash-early teen years, as did my wife until she was 10 years old. I even have a half-sleeve of the wilderness-slash-trees on my left arm. With that said, we don't care to go to the mountains anymore. Thanks for hearing everything out and I'll leave this too, IDC if you believe me. This was slash is real to my family's story and I swear, that night changes a lot of things for us going forward. The Keweenaw Peninsula in Michigan. Myself and a friend have a decently remote camping spot not far from Lake Superior. We've been going up there for 12 years, usually twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. On two such trips, both in the fall, our campsite has been stalked by wolves. They come within 30 yards of camp, always at night. You never hear them howl, you can just hear them walking through the brush. We've caught glimpses of them using those high lumen battery powered LEDs. They do not run when yelled at, which is scary as shit. It's kinda freaky sitting by a small campfire and have wolves come check you out. We never shoot at them, but two shots from a 44 mag and they never come back. We've also had bears wander into camp while we are sleeping. Just today I found a trail cam facing a daycare on one of the properties I manage. I cut it out of the tree. It's pretty creepy because the SD card is full of pictures from December 30, 2017 to Jan 1, 2018. So in three days the entire thing got full and no one came back for it for over a year now. There's no pictures of anyone setting it up. There's several pictures of cars driving by and an occasional picture of someone entering or exiting the building but you can't make out any faces or license plates and again no images of anyone setting it up or walking near it at all. Me and my co-workers came up with a few theories, first and easiest is a pervert. He got locked up for something else and that's why the SD card hasn't been cleared of data in over a year. Second is a private investigator or fraud investigator because the camera is facing the front door and the handicapped parking spots. 
was someone claiming disability and handicap when they really weren't and the camera was put there to catch them walking with ease? Still doesn't explain why the trail cam would still be there though. Last is a jealous or suspicious lover spying on someone. Did they see what they needed and kill themselves? Did they kill the other person and get locked up? Maybe they had multiple trail cams and got the info they needed off a different one. Very creepy to me though. I'm in no way, shape or form a hunter. However, growing up in Philly with a wooded creek behind our roadblock. My brother and I were always forbidden to play anywhere near there, and not even think about going down there. So as any little good children do. One boring summer day, we smelled smoke and heard noises and decided we were the best detectives to snoop it out. After minutes of walking farther into thicker brush. We finally saw the source of smoke. As, we saw two men walking away from a burning car fire. It wasn't until a few years later, after dinner overhearing the adults talking about that poor unidentified little girl's remains found in a burnt skeleton of a car years ago in those woods my brother and I then 12 and 14 years old looked at each other wide-eyed and jaws dropped as we put two and two together to realize it was most definitely what we had stumbled upon in the woods that day. And if we had been older or smarter, or unafraid of getting whooped for going down there in the first place, the murderers could have been caught and even maybe that little girl could have been saved. But looking back, I realized more than likely she was already deceased before the fire. This is going to get lost, but I'll give it a go. We were out in a state park tent hunting, not far from civilization at all. Three of us. After drinking a bit too much and some other partying, we hiked a bit up the mountain behind our camp. Stupid. It was pitch black with a very steep incline. About 30 minutes into the hike, in the middle of nowhere, we see a structure. It's a door and not much else. The door is built into a brick building. It had four walls, but the structure was so small and built just for the door. The front was about six feet wide and then from front to back it was probably two feet. I know it doesn't sound that creepy, but when you find a closed door on a tiny brick building, throw in the partying and it becomes really really creepy. Turns out the door was unlocked. So, we open it and there's no floor inside, but a ladder going down. You bet your ass none of us had the balls to go down. We dropped some rocks that took quite a while to hit the bottom. No splash, just a solid smack of rock against concrete. Sorry for the boring ending, but there wasn't much more to the story. Shit was real strange though. It was a long time ago, I have no recollection of where it was, so if I wanted to ever go back I'm Saul. I wasn't hunting be me and a couple friends were walking through the woods at about 1am. I pointed my flashlight into the woods and about 30 yards away was a pair of green eyes reflecting back at us. We sat there for a minute discussing what it was and the whole time it just sat there frozen. We decided that whatever it was we should leave it alone so we started to turn around. As I swung the flashlight around there was another pair of eyes. 
and another, and another. I pointed the flashlight back to where the first pair of eyes was and in the few seconds that I had taken the light off of it, it had moved closer. At that point we each grabbed a large branch and F high-tailed it in the other direction. My dad's found deer corpses totally shredded on his 17 acres in Indiana, once or twice we found the skulls, antlers, and skin and hooves left in a pile, but no bones or meat. Our dogs used to play with the random empty corpses. Sometimes a blood trail just ends out of nowhere in the middle of a clearing, or a deer will jump past a tree in sight and just disappear. Doesn't show up on the other side of the tree. My dad was worried for a long time that his crazy neighbors were hunting on his land, but he hasn't found any other evidence. Also, my brother and I once went into a state park we lived in here in Ohio. Like 10 to 15 minutes into the woods we realized the floor of the forest was crunching beneath our feet there were thousands and thousands of small animal skeletons, mice and squirrels and moles and even a couple coons and possums, their bones just scattered in a layer on the ground. We also found a large, circular, sunken down concrete thing in a pit that was surrounded by rusty barbed wire fencing with a sign that said US government property do not trespass under penalty of law.